Hello and welcome to part two of the best of 2019 in Telecast podcast. My name is Adam Jolly and joining me as always is my co-host Brian Lamar. Hey again, Adam. Part two. So good. I know, it's just been weeks since we recorded part one. <laughs> um, as always, Intelecast is part of the Intelecast podcast network and you can email us in telecast at emi-rs.com if you'd like to be a guest or have a topic. Um, if you'd like to reach us on Twitter, it's EMI underscore research and Telecast one. My own personal Twitter is Adam Jolly, and you can call us or leave us a voicemail at 513-401-5463. Brian, I can't believe the year's over. It flew by. No more season two. Is the decade over? Well, there's no year zero, right? Right. So no. Okay, one more year. One more year. Okay. That's yes, how, season the, three. The, the next episode of this podcast the millennium. will be season three. So take that, Jamin. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> Little Bird Marketing, what season are you on? They got a lot of seasons, I think. Yeah, I'm sure we're... SEMA. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this week, our guest uh, in the Best of series, we'll start out with Andrew Cannon of GRBN. Then we'll get to David Butler of Pure Spectrum. That was a fun one. It's a good time. Ted Waz of The Opinion Economy. And then Hot Roddy Knowles of Alpha. He was with Alpha when we interviewed yeah, him. Recently. So, yeah, recently. Yeah. It'd be great if I still could say it. Hot Roddy Knowles of Dynata. Nope. Alpha. Nope. And like he just kept changing. Yeah, it'd be good. These names aren't, aren't going to last forever. Um, you want to do a Mount Rushmore before we get started? Let's do one Mount Rushmore. Okay. Uh, we traveled a lot this year. Yeah. Um, big year of travel. I think we looked. We were listening to how many flights and how many places we've gone to. Um, I don't remember any of them. Yes. They're just places I sleep. I feel like I'm like an old Bob Dylan song. Uh, but let's talk about some of the best trips we took. You want to go first? What was one of the best places you visited this year? Um, well, I'll start off with Austin because we, if you listen to the last episode, we named off like eight <laughs> restaurants that we yeah. loved in Austin. Um, it was the first time I really got to experience Austin. We went there last year, 2018 for SampleCon, but it was really out in the suburbs. My first time really just kind of spending time in Austin. I went to the, um, presidential library. I spent some time on the campus, went through downtown, which is an amazing city of uh, lots of good food. I brought my wife with me. We stayed at an awesome hotel. I couldn't. I love Austin. So that's Unbelievable the place. first place I'm going to mention. Uh, I'm going to mention Austin too. I mentioned some of my stories as well. I was there three times, four times this year, um, which is crazy, man. Yeah. I've never. I've been maybe twice, and all of a sudden I was there four times this year. Yeah. Um, some of the adventures. Um, one time I took a run and it started raining, and I didn't realize how far I'd went, and then I couldn't turn back around and run as far. Yeah. So I got a scooter and rode the rest of the way home. That was fun. Oh. Uh, another time I went during the Austin Comedy Festival oh. and saw uh, Dan Soder uh, and then went out to drinks with him afterwards. That was really fun. He just had a special on HBO last yeah. weekend. That was kind of cool. I still haven't seen the bats. Have you seen the bats? Never seen the bats. Maybe, maybe this year when we go, we'll try I to see the bats. All intents and purposes of seeing the bats. The <laughs> Me last too. time I was in Austin, I had it planned it out um, and I day drank and yeah. got out of control. Yeah, because so. it, yeah, it's dark out there. Hey, in Central Times, though. Um, I love the scooter. Yeah. It was it's chaos. It was reminded me of Cincinnati with the scooters. Like they yeah. didn't have the rules in place with Not scooters yet. No. So you'd find them on the sidewalks, middle of the road, in a creek. It was there's like scooters just everywhere. It's pretty good. Yeah. Austin. What else you got? Um, I'm gonna go Athens, Georgia. Yeah. I just went there. Um, and it might have been just because I was reminiscing and had a lot of old friends there, so I had a really good time. But it's just an awesome little bitty college town. Um, went to some old bars I, I went to that were still existence. A beautiful campus. Um, just, yeah, just a small town. It was, it was cool. So, uh, 
Athens number two. That's great. I uh, I'm gonna put Philadelphia down. Ah. Um, I've never been a huge fan of Philadelphia, and really, I just realized I was in the wrong parts of Philadelphia. Oh, um, did a lot of travel this time, hanging around the Reading Terminal area. Um, yeah, had an unbelievable meal at Double Knot. Um, if you're in Philadelphia, go to Double Knot. It's like an Asian fusion steakhouse type place uh, set next to Jay Bruce. Yeah. When I was there. Um, and then uh, one particular trip I remember going and ending up at a cigar bar um, and smoking cigar. What, what was I doing? Yeah. But then going to uh, Monk's, uh, which is a famous like beer place, like one of the most famous beer places in the United States and having yeah. uh, a Russian River uh Pliny the Elder, which is a really hard beer to find. Yeah. They don't sell it anywhere west of uh, Colorado. And I had some in Philadelphia. It was I, great. I love Reading Terminal. Oh, it's so places. great. There's like an Amish breakfast place in there. It's like $4 for like a breakfast. Amazing like, Amish. Amazing oh, Jewish food. Yes. Oh, Lacus. And it's you're near kind of the historic district over there yeah. where like the Liberty Bell is and stuff. Yep. Yeah, cool little area. I love Philadelphia. I need to get back. What else do you have? Uh, my next one, I'm going to go with New York because... I love it's my favorite city. I think at least in America, um, didn't get a lot of time there, but I did get to walk through the village, and um, man, I just love everything about New York City. That, that's all I got to say about that. It was fun. Went to the village with um, Sarah Getz. Hey. Had a couple meals. That's it. My next one is Atlanta, Georgia, a place that I spent a lot of time this year. Um, I will share. I'll share a story. Yeah. Um, I was going to Atlanta and spending a couple extra days there before I had some meetings. So I wound up being in Atlanta for like five straight days. Yeah. Way too much. And I was yeah. I stayed in like different parts of the town. Like I stayed in like Buckhead for a little bit. Oh. I stayed in Midtown. Wound up staying downtown for a couple days. Oh. I just kind of hopped around, uh, hang, seeing some old friends, things like that. But I went down um, with all the intents and purposes of seeing um, the Notre Dame versus Georgia game. Yeah. I was going to go. I was going to drive on over to Athens. Um didn't happen. Like, get down there. Just too tired. Didn't want to mess with it. Go to a bar, a establishment. I won't use their name. Um, I actually looked up best chicken wings in Atlanta or near me, and it popped up. I was like, oh, I'll go there. Okay. And so uh, I go to this bar, find out I'm basically I'm the only Notre Dame fan there. I'm actually the only person that looks anything. Maybe the only person under 40 there. Uh, the only Caucasian person there. Yeah. The only person that was, like, not wearing a jersey. This was, like, a sports bar yeah. like this was like we come here every week and we watch georgia and yeah. that is it and like i yeah. didn't realize i walked in and the walls were red and black yeah everyone was like they were barking because of the bulldogs it was an amazing experience you're the only notre dame fan there only notre dame fan there oh wow and this guy was like hey you can put some action on the game today or do you have any <laughs> and i was like i wouldn't mind gambling sure <laughs> and so he's like going back so like i walk behind the bar and there's like a little closet back there that had like a mop bucket on the floor and there's all these people lined up, like getting slips of, and like they had a big, like a dry erase board. They were erasing, like move the line on. And so, Whoa, like a little sports <laughs> like book a little in a bar, book in the back of a bar. And I got in with uh, Notre Dame plus seven and a half. Yeah, and I hit the bet. And they paid, they paid you. They paid me out. Paid me out while I was there. That's awesome. Came around like as I was getting my check at the end of the night. Like, here you go. Here's your bill for twenty four uh, lemon pepper wings. Congratulations on eating all of those. <laughs> And here's your payout for the bet that you had that day. That's amazing. Illegal gambling. It was great. That's awesome. Hopefully legal soon. Many like many states. Uh, my next one is Detroit. Oh, I haven't yeah. been to Detroit in years, and I fell in love with the city. I recommend Detroit for if you have a chance to go there, spend an extra day because it is an amazing city with a history. We it was part of the Insights Association conference in September, fall conference, and 
as part of the conference, they took people around a little bus tour of Detroit. And so you got to see the different districts and shopping areas and historical places, which Detroit has amazing history. And I just, it's just amazing what is going on in Detroit with yeah, all the awesome. cranes, yeah. what they're building. It's, and, you know, Detroit struggled. I think a million people left the city between, I don't know, like 1975 and like 1995 or something like right. that. Ridiculous. And they lost, so they lost a million people, which is, I mean, it's devastating to a town, right? Yeah. And you can you could buy a home there. I think five or ten years ago, you probably buy a home there for like nothing. Yeah. In the urban core of Detroit. Well, that was a problematic. But now they have all the space in the city. Like somebody was building a winery, like really? in downtown Detroit. Like, could you imagine having a giant winery in downtown Cincinnati? But like most urban areas, they turned it in kind of into an opportunity. They can do some things that are very different. And there's reemergence of like a lot of there's like an arena district. They have all their four sports stadiums within like a few blocks of each other. Yeah. And you know, man, Detroit's a kind of a cool Detroit place. I want to go back. back. I love it. Yeah. What uh, about you? My next one is uh, Chicago. Um, I actually remember before we started recording, I was like, I don't think I went to Chicago this year. And you're like, yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah. Actually, let me tell you, we've like, got good stories. Lots of great stories in <laughs> Chicago, including me like uh, going to a bar, supposed to meet a client. I had an hour before a client came. And I asked him if I could get my shoes shined because uh, our stand was closed. He goes, yeah, I'll take care of it for you. Just give them to me. Sit over here and I'll give you a drink. Yeah. I sat there with no shoes on for an hour and a half. In a bar. In a bar. A hotel lobby bar. Hotel lobby bar of a conference <laughs> yes. with clients, prospects, everyone walking around with no yeah. shoes on, bright red socks on. Right. And then uh, the client walked in and they like stuck them in my shoes from my back. I threw them on. Um, <laughs> but then we went to uh, the research club party Yeah. Uh, that night after dinner. Well, yeah. It was awesome. That was yeah. uh, my first time I've gone to one of those. Uh, that's where we met uh, Priscilla McKinney and Ashley from Little Bird Marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which has been a great relationship for us this year. Uh, met a lot of people, and I feel like people that I met that night, I kept seeing over and over yeah. and over again throughout the year. It was really great. Yeah, I loved, I loved that trip as well. The same night of, that you're talking about, there was um, like an after party in the hotel on the top floor. Oh you were there gosh, as well, yeah. where it was like um, the the market research band that people yes. like Ken Berry and a bunch of people yes. you know, they, they do like. Um, cover songs that was amazing like they're Man. so good all those people getting up there and i can't remember the girl's name but she's amazing too. tiffany hayes tiffany yeah. hayes she sings like that was one of the coolest things it was like it was the pre-party for the research club event so much drinking there was so much drinking I, i'm not going to mention his name but i had to carry somebody to his room at like nine o'clock yeah because he had time. so much to drink central time <laughs> um but one crazy thing about quirks i guess it's modeled after some of the events in Europe. Yeah. But like, there's just event after event after event. Like you could go to conference till five and there's, a, there's an event from five to seven then from seven to nine and nine to 11 and 11 to two. Like that is crazy. There's so much. Yeah. It was way too much for me. Luckily that the event I just talked about was in the same hotel. It was like three floors away from me. So I'm like, yeah. I'll stop by. And it was so cool. I was there for a while. That was a good trip. That was a great trip. That was uh, I would say that night in Chicago, if you talk about drunkest nights in market research, like the people, like yeah. that was a big one. Uh, SampleCon, the night that like the happy hour started at three, oh, yeah, and went all the way until like noon or midnight. That was ridiculous. That was a rough night. For I took so. a break for dinner for on that trip in Austin. Same here. Yeah, and then I come back because there was like, um, was it goat something? Armadillo racing. Armadillo racing. Yeah, that's, that's right. what it was. Because it was a nice night too. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 So I went down for the armadillo racing. Caught the very end of it. This is not that late. It's like probably nine. Yeah. Nine ish. And people, I could not believe yeah, the level of intoxication people were. I had to like get out of there. I got out of there. I actually went back to my room and took a bath. <laughs> it was, that was where I was. And got room service. Yeah. Uh, cheesecake. 
Uh, any other ones for you? Other That's good it. trips? Um, I got another. I, I was mentioning Orlando uh, when I went down for CRC. My children went. We went to yeah. Disney. Unbelievable. There's nothing. I'm telling you, if you get the chance to travel with your kids to a conference, it is a completely different like conference experience. I bet. Like you think we've shared a lot. Like you, you, none of these are like new stories to people. Right. Like you are, you wake up early, yeah. you're at it all day long. You're drinking coffee like crazy. Anything you eat is like really fast. And then you probably have a big dinner. Yeah. You go out and drink and talking and you're talking with people that you see three, four times a year. Yeah. And then you roll in your room at 1230 and you start over the next day at 730. It is crazy. It's nuts. It is. And then take your kids and like, <laughs> I would like at like one o'clock I'd be like, eh, I'm going to go hang out with the kids at the pool yeah. and like go to the pool for an hour with the boys and stuff. And then like get off, like before I go to dinner, stop and see them like, how, you know, and then like go, get in earlier that night, eat breakfast with them in the morning. Oh yeah. my gosh. It was the best experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm bringing my wife. I bring her to usually one conference a year. I brought her to Austin this year, brought her to Chicago also this year. And I'm going to bring her to Miami. Um, in January, which I'm like, it's oh, a yeah. perfect time for the we're gonna stay a couple extra days in Miami. That's a good idea. In South Beach, and so I'm excited to bring her. And yeah, it's gonna be a little bit different experience. A little, well, not as the same kind of different as you with your children, but a little, it'll still be very different. Very similar though, right? Yeah. You're not going out and going nuts, right? Right. right. Um, if you have any more travel recommendations, let's share them some of it. You know, like hit us up on Twitter. Some of the best trips that you took this year, some of the best cities, some of the best meals, whatever you have. Um, you can reach us uh, or via email and telecast at emi-rs.com. Let's jump into our guest. This is uh, Boys Town, all-male <laughs> all podcast, as it should be. Uh, we'll get started with Andrew Cannon. Then we'll shift into David Butler. Then Ted Waz, and we'll wrap it all up uh, with Roddy Knowles. And here's the first interview with Andrew Cannon. Joining us now is Andrew Cannon from GRBN. Andrew, how are you? Um, well, thank you. It's a great morning. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I know that I, I've followed you on LinkedIn for a while. I've seen you at a couple of conferences, and, I, and I'm really excited to, to finally get to talk to you. Excellent. Happy to do it. Great. So um, we always start off with like an origin story. Like, how did you get into market research? So, so what's your story? <laughs> well, I presume my story is pretty similar to everybody else. I fell into market research. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember... Um, I had two interviews on the same day in London, um, one was for a market research company and the f interview before that was for a container company called Tiphook, which basically, you know, ships containers around around the globe. Uh, and I remember the in the evening thinking about the two and I just couldn't envisage my life, um, you know, following these containers um, around the globe. So at that point in time market research seemed like a great option so so I went and you know the, the more serious answer really is I think the you know I've always been curious and I think this industry offers a great career to people who are curious um, and also fairly analytical so to be able to combine the curiosity and the analytics um, you know the field became home for sure and so how does that you know you get to start you decided that you can't deal with containers I don't blame mm -hmm. you <laughs> what does the road to GRBN look like? Um, bumpy. Yeah. <laughs> bumpy, bumpy road. Um, you know, starting off um, really with project management um, in international research. That's where I got my grounding by some, some great coaches um, in the UK. And, and that really obviously inspired my interest and um, desire to work in, in a global field rather than 
rather than locally. Um, and then, you know, I've worked now, I think, 30, 30 years probably in the industry, mainly on the agency side, you know, building up an agency, being taken over by one of the big boys, um, working with them, um, working on the client side. And then as part of my, my sins, I suppose, um, I started getting involved in associations um, ooh, probably about 10 years ago now and representing the Association for Finland, where I've been living, and then became invited to become president of Ephemera, the European Trade Federation, where I was for a number of years um, before the different um, regional federations got together and decided to, to create the GRBN, which is about four or five years ago now. Great. And, and tell me a little bit about GRBN. Like, what what is your mission? Where do you see it going? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, you know, GRBN we really see as an enabler. Um, you know, it's not meant, and I don't think it will ever be meant to be a, a big organization. Um, really, it's, you know, as the name stands for, the Global Research Business Network. It's about bringing the business of research together. And, and that happens through a network of regional federations and, and national associations, of which there are about 45 currently part of the network. So, so you know, I think that's the, the foundation. It really is enabling um, these members of the networks, the associations, to do a better job at, you know, growing their local markets, at serving their members. And at the same time, we're trying to spearhead a couple of initiatives to, you know, really try and create a more positive future for the sector. That's great. That's great. Um, I want to take just a one step back, you know, going through your career and, you know, you've been for 30 years and you've seen kind of the consolidation, you know, handing off to the big mm. guys and things like that. Uh, thinking about people that are starting a market research industry now. What is like the one advice that you would give to them as they're starting into it? Or what is like the one trait that you suggest they have? Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned curiosity. Know, to be honest, I'm, 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 I don't think it's changed in that respect. I would say those two traits of curiosity and analytics are, are still key. Um, I don't think fundamentally what we do have changed. Yes, the tools have changed. Yes, technology enables us to do much more, much quickly, much better. Sure. But I think the fundamental core of our business and what skills people need, um, you know, that fundamental level haven't changed. Be curious, I suppose, is, is number one. And then, um, you know, get an interesting technology, understand how all these great tools can help you then as a researcher, um, do a better job of serving your clients. Hey, Andrew, it's Brian. I want to switch gears a little bit and go Mm -hmm. sample con. I know you're attending it's next week in Austin, Texas. I'd love to know what people can expect from your session. Um, expect the unexpected. Um, (laughs) I think it's going to be a blast. Um, it's sort of morphed over the last, month or so since we've been putting it together um you know the focus really is on bringing the end client and also very much the agency perspective to the room you know sample comms a great conference in terms of bringing you know the sample provider experts together giving them a forum um 
And I think, you know, into the mix, it's going to be great to add those perspectives, you know, really starting at the end clients because, you know, I've been talking to people about this over the last couple of years and how we can sort of move the industry forward in a way which delivers, you know, higher participant engagement, better experiences to people who participate in research. And and the one excuse, you know, I hear all the time, well, you know, I'd love to, but it's those clients, you know, um, they want to do this. And, and there's a feeling, you know, everybody's chasing the money, which, you know, very much understand. But unfortunately, as a result, you know, the participant has, has often got a raw deal out of the process. So, you know, the idea of us at SampleCon is to, hey, I've spoken to, I know, 10 or so clients over the last couple of weeks, um, specifically, you know, in preparation for SampleCon. Um, we've got a great client, um, Jackie Rohr from Dell, on the stage with us. Um, we're going to have a number of um, agency representatives also on stage bringing that perspective. Um, we'll have, let's see, we have Carrie Angelot from Illuminas. We'll have Andrew Grenville from Mary Matchbox and Phil Giblio from RTI Research. So, you know, we've got a nice mix there on the stage as well as all that input that we've got from talking to clients. And, I mean, I think it's going to be fascinating to, to share that experience, to see, you know, how we can all work together at the end of the day. That's what needs to happen, you know, in clients, agencies, and sound providers all have to work together if we're going to deliver these great experiences. Yeah, I agree. This is, this is one of the sessions I'm most excited about. And a lot of it is because the people that you mentioned, I think most of them are new to SampleCon. So we have some fresh faces, um, not the same old sample people on stage saying the same things every year. We're get, getting a lot of new people. And it's a pretty similar topic to what Betty Amadou talked about. And it's about respondent engagement, which is huge impact, huge passion of mine. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's interesting, you know, I want, I'm not going to leak all of the, the juicy bits now. Um, but, you know, one of the things that, you know, amazed me, and obviously it's a biased sample, you know, for the people who want to talk to me, um, but, you know, they do care. Um, you know, the clients do care, and they're saying they're increasingly caring because their companies are becoming more customer-centric, their companies are becoming more driven by the customer experience. And, and many of them said to me, look, participants at the end of the day are either our customers or our potential customers. Um, so, you know, that change in the language amongst client-side insights folks to start seeing participants as customers and potential customers, I think will change the ball game. Um, you know, that will demand upon the rest of us, hey, this is an experience business. Um, taking market research is an experience. Let's work with that. Let's make that into a, a competitive advantage and not a disadvantage, which it currently is. So, you know, that that's one thing. And the other thing would amaze me really was the level of trust that they have in their agencies. Um, and, and that's a great thing. But, um, you know, I think, I don't know where, where the quote comes from, but it was, you know, blind trust in your leaders can get you killed. Um, you know, there's also a warning there, you know, if you, if you trust everybody, every agency, every sample provider to be doing a great job on participant engagement, when we know that that's not necessarily the case, how do you distinguish between the good guys and the bad guys? 
and that is one of the questions we're going to be tackling um, during the session yeah, that's next great. week. Yeah, I'm excited. It kind of changed my mind a little bit. Um, that, that quote, blind trust in your leaders to get you killed, really kind of makes me think a little differently about the, um, the, the same people that you see at every conference and everybody talking about the same type of topics. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, trust is good, but, you know, blind trust is not necessarily so good. So, you know, I think we have to shake that up a bit uh, and say, hey, hey, look, you know, clients are ready to change, or at least enough of them, I think, are now ready to change. Let's help them change. Let's bring them, let's bring our skills, you know, whether agencies or sample providers to the table. Let's show them how this can be done in a great way to give them great data. And, and I think we will change the game. You know, this alternative vision of the future where it's a race to the bottom of who can provide the cheapest sample, um, it's not going to lead us in a good place. You know, I think our experience so far is telling us that's not a good journey for the industry as a whole. It's not a good journey for clients. We need to change that paradigm to one of, you know, increasing quality um, and increasing participant engagement and better insights to the clients as a result. So, you know, that's what I'm most passionate and excited about. And I see next week's session is just another step in that journey. You know, it's uh, somebody said, how do I, how do I keep going? And I said, well, you know, I position this as a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, I'm not going to change the world tomorrow, but I'm going to change it. You know, one conversation, one client, one agency, one sample provider, one participant experience. That's great. We're going to switch to learn a little bit more about you, kind of the more fun topics. Uh, so one of the things that we do, we do this four Ps. We come up with you know kind of like the marketing mix, four Ps. The, one of the Ps is playlist. And so I was wondering, uh, Andrew, what are the last three songs that you listen to? Or it could just be artists that you've listened to. Well, yeah, because I'm old school, so I don't do playlists. Um, I listen to albums. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, so I, I said, okay, I'll pick three songs from the three last albums I've listened to. And one is This Morning and two are Last Night. So This Morning um, made it onto my list a song called If Your Prayers Don't Get to Heaven by a guy called Brian Fallon, formerly of the, the Gaslight Anthem. So a bit of energizing going on in the morning there. Um, last before night, I actually listened to a, a mantra song called Rama Dasa. Um, as it's something I'm sort of dabbling in at the moment, um, is, is seeing how I can relax through using some of these mantras, which is a completely different topic we could talk <laughs> yeah. about one day. Um, but, but just for now and then, before that, a song called Granted by Josh Groban. Oh, okay. So it seems like everything is really like emotional, like lifting you up. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and the granted one's all about, um, I think the tagline is, you know, never take a single breath for granted. And, and, you know, I think that's something I try and live by at the moment. You know, it's, it's, I say it's a beautiful day today. It's been a beautiful um, yeah, so far. So let's just keep going along that, that line and make sample comp part of that, that well, journey. Well, Andrew, is there anything that people don't know about you? Like, is there any kind of a hidden talent that you have that, that may not be like broadly known throughout the research industry? <laughs> well, I don't know about talent. So I was, um, let's see. Well, I do have a world championship to my name, which is probably 
not very Boxing. well known, and it, it's in a very oh. obscure sport. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Well, I don't wish really. I, I wouldn't know. Maybe the money would be good, but I wouldn't want my head being battered around. So, no, I, I became world champion a few years back um, in a sport called, well, let's go step back a bit. So, those of you who, who don't know me, I've lived most of my life in Finland. Um, and Finland is the land of the sauna. Um, and if you've ever had a sauna, you know that, you know, there's a ladle there that you use to spoon water onto the the stones. Anyway. Yeah. Um, well, somebody had the great idea that you could make a a golf club out of one of these things. Okay. Um, So bear with me here. So, so basically they've created a a driver, um, which is about, Oh, I don't know, 18 inches long. Um, and it's hollow in the back so you can ladle out the water into the onto the rocks. But you can also use it for hitting golf balls. Um, but being 18 inches long, it's not particularly adapt at it. But there is a world championship to see how far you can you can hit it. And for my sins and my skills, I, I managed to hit it the furthest in the in the finals of the world championships um, a few years back. Not necessarily because of my skill, but because the the guys who were really good, who was up against, oh. all missed the sector um, that you had to hit it into. So, you know, they were hitting it about Whoa. 260, 280 um, meters. Um, I made it to 200, um, yeah. which is pretty good with an 18-inch stick. <laughs> um, and I managed to win the gold medal there. So, so there Is there a are. name for the sport? Um, <laughs> well, I suppose it's called sound late, sound sound late golf. golf. You were the world champion. Long That's driving. Awesome. Yeah. I'm the world champion in that. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm not anymore. Um, you know, age caught up with me and others overtook me, but I had that one year. Um, nobody's going to take <laughs> well, it away. That's great. Andrew, this was so good. Like, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm excited for sample kind of excited for the talk and kind of this breath of fresh air, you know, um, uh, so thanks for coming on and uh, can't wait to see you in Austin. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks very much for having me, Thank guys, you, and enjoy the rest of the week. Cheers. All right, cheers. Thank you. Uh, we have a special guest in the house. Nah, we don't say that. We have a special guest in the studio. Studio. Yeah, we have a special guest in the studio. Um, he is from Pure Spectrum. You are Chief Customer Officer? Yeah, Chief Client Officer. Chief Client Officer. Oh, my gosh. And that is, um, you may know him as Bangs. It's David Butler. David, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Um, I wanted to come on the show to address the Bangs rumor. (laughs) You look great now. Thank you. But you know in the past. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know if these are considered Bangs, but I could dive right into a story. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. There was a a conference in Philadelphia a few years ago, and uh, a woman... Um, I, I don't know exactly her relation. She, she's known, but she, uh, wanted to avoid someone. She came and like sat down at the table. I, I kind of knew she was important. She was like, Hey, uh, can I sit down next to you? I'm trying to avoid somebody over there. I was like, sure. Cool. She goes, so are you from the South? Oh. And I was like, uh, yeah, you know, it's the, uh, accent or, the charming, charming wit. Yeah. Full of gravy I got here. I'm just guessing. Exactly. And then, uh, she's like, no, it's uh, your hair. And I was like, oh, thank you. She's like, no, no, no. 
you got that haircut when you were 12 <laughs> and your mom gave it to you and you haven't changed it since. And uh, I was like, that's true. <laughs> that is exactly that's true. true. And it is. And I've been wearing it ever since. And I know. That sounds but, traumatic. Who was the lady? Was it Powers of J.D. Powers? Miss Powers? What's your it name? My tough. name is Nor- Nancy Nielsen. Yeah. Yeah, it was Nancy Nielsen. <laughs> oh, Nancy. <laughs> Scam. Rest in peace. Uh, um, uh, let's jump into the interview with David. David, thanks for coming on, first of all. There's no segue. There's no music. I don't know what I was waiting for. Yeah. Normally, we cut. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, so, tell me, you, uh, you've been at Pure Spectrum three years? Going on. Going yeah. on three years? Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get started market research? What was your first gig? Uh, my first gig was at a company called Federated Sample. Now Lucid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in New Orleans. I quit my job in uh, investment consulting for institutional money in Washington D.C. Wow! Yeah, in 2010 unemployment rate was like 10. <laughs> percent Yeah, and uh, I knew some people from New Orleans from college. Seemed like a good place to go hide out. Yeah, uh, and I was there trying to get a job for like six months. I applied to Federated Sample. They took. Jeb Hunsinger first. Yeah. Oh, sure. Jeb, if you're listening, I miss you. Jeb, I'm sure Jeb listens. Yeah. He was our rep. Oh, he yeah. was he way was. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was probably if they if they had the big board, they should have taken Jeb off the board before me. But then um, I got another bite of the apple like a few months later, uh, probably two weeks before I was running out of money. Yeah. And so I was gonna go move back in with my thirsty. parents. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. They like, no. I mean, yeah, well, I can kind of remember I was like walking in the sugar bowl and uh, Austin Lavin, this guy called me. He's like, he offered me the job. And I was like, yes. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, do you want to know how much it made? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Hey, cool. Uh, yeah. Medium bucks, please. Not <laughs> <laughs> to pay rent. Oh, that's great. So yeah. So oh, I did, there? so I did that. Uh, now when you were there, was years? that before or after Federated stole the now Dynata logo? Oh, <laughs> That um, we're we gonna act like that doesn't happen. Rather, the Dynata logo isn't the old Federated logo, but it's blue. Uh, it's you know, it looks it looks similar. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Right. I but, guess if uh, the company doesn't exist anymore, you can take whatever you want. That was actually the first thing that went through my head. When Vultures. I saw that. By um, the way, it's been a while since we had a good lawsuit in market research, right? Yeah, is it on us? Oh, hey, who knows? Play your cards. Yeah, you can. Yeah, uh, that one. I think I don't think this is like a trade secret or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was like the. The barcode or something that you have, it was spun out. Oh, that was it. It was great. Really? It. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It was cool. I like that logo. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that was the original one. And then it was, uh, yeah, Federated, Fulcrum, Lucid. And uh, yeah, then Michael started Pure Spectrum and I uh, joined right around the time of the, uh, the public launch. Sure. So had it for a bit. And then that was uh, two and a half fast years ago. Jeez. So what does this title mean? What does this client officer mean? Well, you're in charge of the sales team. Uh, yeah, by day. Yeah, good. By day, That's in charge nice. of the sales team, and then uh, you know, by night, I obsess <clears> over <throat> the uh, how clients or well, prospective clients come into our business, how they use our technology, you know, um, how our technology and the user experience, both like the actual user interface, user experience, and then their customer experience. I sure. guess, uh, you know. And how we staff the team for that, how we train the team for that, and what ultimately leads to the best outcome for everybody. Well, that's a huge differentiator for you guys to use is the user interface, right? So, I mean, 
how much of your how much of your day to day is thinking about the user interface and how easy it is for your clients to use the product. Uh, it's a great question. I guess not. You didn't see it coming. You I didn't, didn't see, see it a good coming. Question yeah, coming. I, I saw it, like yeah. I see this agenda. Credibility when we're going to jump to credibility once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> journalists, years and dudes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, well, actually, the user interface hasn't changed tremendously, um, and I think that's something we we try and think about is keeping it pretty simple. Um, yeah, there. I mean, there are requests on requests, and, sure. and, and, and keeping track of that, I think, is uh, something that uh, other people think about. I take the specs from the customer, and I give them to the product team. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, my okay. secretary does that, but the um, <laughs> not even <laughs> <the> chief. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I'm just kidding. I don't have anything on this, but the uh, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I think we think about is it relevant or what is or, or isn't because uh if it becomes cluttered it'll become unusable but if you can't use it for a lot of stuff then it's sure. unusable too so but i don't think everything under the sun is built for that yeah and, and we don't and i don't try and build for that i think that there is a tremendous amount of stuff that uh needs a different approach and and we just we don't try and conquer that oh that's huge stay doing something you know do it really well that's great now you mentioned the word under the sun so that way we want to jump into something above the sun and that would be mars mars um it's <laughs> is above the news flashes above right. the sun well <laughs> is it sometimes if everything's a circle yeah there is no start or beginning it could be above or below yeah. yeah whatever uh talk to me a little bit about you guys came up with this video last week it was hilarious whose idea was it um uh, what was the best part about doing it? <laughs> Whose um, idea was it? Say it was yours. It was my idea. Yeah. Uh, it was. came to me in the middle of the night. Really? Yeah. How long ago was that? Like four months ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was highly well produced. It was very well produced. Thanks. Well, that's the benefit. Our company is based in Westlake Village, California. And uh, Michael's friends with a, a tremendously talented producer uh, who has some free time. And he, he read the script. Made it better and said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do this." That's awesome. Yeah, I know. So that was that was fun because I wasn't expecting that. Actually, having like uh, kind of a production crew, um, like they they were putting water on my face to simulate um, the sweat and a stress sure. reading. Yeah, that was. Um, I, I felt like you a movie star. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you look great with makeup, man. Uh, well, yeah, they're actually. I watched it recently. On, yeah, I watched it recently on a. a YouTube on a on a on a TV and it gets I don't recommend that to anybody. My skin too much. My skin's terrible. <laughs> they didn't put any makeup on. <laughs> no, I actually I kind of thought that was going to be part of the process right? and they they didn't. No hair makeup. So in reality though, what is like if, what is next for Pure Spectrum? Like what is the next evolution of, of what you're doing? Uh, yeah. Other than just you know the second quarter, um, <laughs> keeping focus yeah. on that. Um, for the know, trees. I, we uh, we announced uh, a couple months ago, and and it's something that I, I'm actually uh, going to the MRMW conference. Yeah, uh, sure. Tomorrow, and I think the headline on that is you know the, the digital automation. Yeah, something they phrase it a lot better than I just butchered <laughs> it right there. But the um, you know we have um, uh, a feature or product um, in that space that would allow. Uh, a market research company that has a methodology um, to 
make it available to their customers through a, a user interface that would then automatically build, field, and do the report generation uh, for it. And so we're we're really excited about that. Um, we think that you know market research agencies um, are hearing from customers that there need to be a, a faster path to insights, more actionable insights right. in, in a relative uh, time frame. And we still think that the agencies have, uh, you know, they have an advantage when it comes to methodology, when it comes to um, uh, adding to those insights and, uh, you know, with their brand equity too, right. around the method methodologies. And so, um, you know, we, we seek to just kind of be like the, the silent partner, technology partner in the background that can make it a reality. And, and I think that that'll, um, that could be really impactful for a lot of market research agencies that are trying to figure out how to, you know, keep up with, um, you know, new companies that are coming in with like their own methodology, automated right. methodology and, and they have their own, but how do they, how do they get into that get next? That. Sure. Um, and I'm using hand signals, which I guess is bad it's radio. For an audio. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. But, like, uh, uh, talk with my hands. Too, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks for asking. That's, that's, that's good. That's yeah, good. That's what I Let's move into, uh, let's do four piece. You want to do four piece? I have, I like to do You have a question? Yeah, here's my question. Do it. Here are my top four moments from your Mars video. Okay. <laughs> are you ready? Yes, I am. Number one, Mark Menig being the no guy. Mark Menig was the star of the <laughs> yeah, freaking yeah. show, man. Just saying no. That's That was yeah, my favorite thanks. part. The second was apparently this Molly. Is she your marketing person, Molly? Yeah, marketing manager, Molly. Her with just mouth full of food. That was awesome. Yep. Number three was, and this is probably my favorite actually, is um, Michael going through the desk up and down. Mm-hmm. That was probably actually my favorite part because yeah, we have yeah, the up and down desk as yeah. well. It's like, yeah, just high enough for my drink. And then the kids. I I didn't know those were really his children. I saw him yeah. last week and those are really, really? really his children. Yeah. 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 Those, are, those are my four favorite moments of the Mars video. Ah, Mount Rushmore of the Mars Mount video. Mount Rushmore, there are two. <laughs> <laughs> That's I like good. That. Yeah. I wrote, yeah, I, I wrote the Mark. You know, yeah. goal without Mark's name on it, but with Mark, Mark you would get credit for that. Then, yeah. Mark. And so that when when we, were, when we were kind of introducing the idea, and they're like, "So, you know, who should play the you know really negative?" Uh, yeah. Wow. Mark, do you want to say it? Right. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. No, no, the whole thing was great. The whole thing was great. What was yeah. it? Five hundred <laughs> interviews on Mars, and he's like zero. Yeah. Zero. That's great. That's great. Uh, Let's move on to the four P. So this is our take on the marketing mix. Four words to start with letter P. First word is playlist. David, what are the last three songs or artists you've listened to? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, One, uh, Sunvolt by Windfall. Oh, look, he's weird. Or or, or, or the song Windfall by Sunvolt. I like that. I did listen to that the other day. And when I saw that question on there. I was like, I got to come up with a cool one. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, the, the other one they play in uh, my co-working space a lot, and I've fallen in love with this song. Sarah Jaffe or, or Jaff or Yaff, J-A-F-F-E. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a silent J. She has a song called This forward slash that. All right. Running that down. I mean... It's great. My mind just exploded when I wrote a forward slash. slash yeah. I was like, ah, that's not the way it goes. I love that song. All right. It's not in your normal mix, but I'm really, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I can't wait to put this song yeah, out. Yeah, we'll do it right after this. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would be good just to see how the entire crowd reacts to that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's a song. 
And then uh, Lee Fields, just kind of his whole. Uh, Anything with Lee Fields? Yeah. What I, type I of music play is like, Lee Fields? He's uh, like Neo Soul. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You're the kind of girl, kind of Charles Bradley, Sharon Jones. Charles Bradley. He's not a dap he's not a, he's not a, he's not a dap tone guy, but he's kind of like. Did you say yeah. Doreen Jones too? Uh, Sharon Jones. Sharon Jones. Yeah. He does a duet with Sharon Jones. It's really? Good. Yeah. I'm in. I played some Charles Bradley here before. I can't tell you oh, one man. word of what is David Butler's mentioned in the last minute and a half. I don't know one word of what he's Of all those? Yeah. You're going to love him. Yeah? Love him. Yeah. Okay. Especially, yeah. He's got a good duet with Sharon Jones where he is an ex-boyfriend uh, uh, or lover and, and his his car got stolen. So he's got to spend the night. She tries to get him to take the bus. It's, the bus isn't running no more. That's great. <laughs> We're playing this. I'm dying. Yeah, it's because good. you said boyfriend or lover. I'm not sure. They don't know what Whatever. Let's not put labels on things, <laughs> right. right? Facebook. Brian would like it has great audio stuff. Like if you're into the old, you know, like. Oh really? Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like baby. Yeah, it's, it's cold outside. It's good, I love yeah, it. yeah. Oh that man. Very, it's Was that four? Yeah, well, that was, that was three. three. Okay. Last three songs. And oh. then uh, what? <laughs> pride is the next B. What is your biggest source of pride? Yeah, I don't know. I saw that one on here. I guess I haven't heard you guys cover that one a lot, so yeah, I don't. I'm not. I don't have it uh, prepared. I'll probably go. I'll get soft with this one. Yeah. Um, Good, yeah. You know, I had a daughter about a year ago, and um, watching my wife basically mold this child with little help is <laughs> and and then to see what what uh what our daughter ellie has accomplished in just a year's time i mean yeah you should see it it's like an airplane goes overhead she's like airplane she looks down at her feet she goes toes i didn't teach her that that's awesome i know man she's probably the smartest person yeah in our house that's that's awesome that's pretty awesome ellie yeah, one year old my daughter yeah Nice. But my wife is a pediatric physical therapist, so uh, she kind of has like a leg up. Yeah. In the mom group, I can tell it's a little source of <laughs> bad. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's uh, the best pride we've had. That's a good pride. Yeah. Uh, perform is the next one. What is something that people don't know about you? What is the hidden talent you have? Uh, or is this something people don't know about you? Or hidden talent. Or Ooh, a hidden yeah. yeah. Like an extra, talent. Foot, extra toe or something? <laughs> Hidden talent. That's what it is. Uh, hey, that's great. Yeah, I got an no, extra fingernail growing out the side of my thumb. No, no hidden talents. No, but uh, or or really hidden talents. I think I probably would have shared them all, like all the talents I have. It's, yeah. it's so threadbare. <laughs> like you got to know. Yeah. You know, something that most people I would say don't know about me outside the industry is that I'm in the sample industry. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, they don't know what that is. is I tried to show, I tried to show the Mars video to some friends this weekend. They go over well. I mean, they're like, they're like Like, Like, the spin move fist pump. That was my favorite. I've had this idea for a documentary. He's not a talent. It's known. I've had an idea for a documentary, and um, it's. track down some cheaters in market research, right? <laughs> so people committing fraud. And it's kind of like the NBC Dateline kind of thing, right? It's a documentary uh-huh. and I track down their IP address. Maybe I need Medix help and maybe yeah. get some other people. We all jump in a car and we bust down the door in China or India or Russia, wherever it is, and we film it. And I think, man, that'd be such an awesome movie. I could literally have like dozens of people watching that at a conference. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. It's like, the same <laughs> they did a sample con this year. Where there's, it's like a oh. friend of someone's face, like, 
Why do you take surgery? <laughs> right. Don't take tummy bags when I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> no, I want to bust down a room full of cheaters. That's what yeah. I want to do. Don't know that's trademarked, by the way. That's my idea. Yeah. Cheaters? I think that's already true. I mean, that would turn into an action film. I bet if you got to like one of those click farms, you know? Yeah, click farm. That's I what bet, I want. I that's kind of like mob run. Yeah. And then, then bad enemies. And then we hire them. Yeah. <laughs> it's an undercover boss type thing. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the CIA. Turn them into good panelists. Yeah. yeah. Then they Reform block. Them. Yeah. Scare, scare them straight. There's yeah. another one. Just get in there. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> right? Just yell at them. Yeah. We're going to hook you up with our producer. You know, yeah. It's like a, yeah. It's going to be Maybe you can bankroll it too. Yeah. I love it. Um, and more panel. I'm going to go off script. Can I go off script? Yeah. There's no script. Let's talk Virginia basketball. I bet David has some. So a little background. I'm a big Kentucky fan. Um, Adam, I think you're somewhat a Kentucky fan, but you like sports and college basketball, right? And then Notre Dame used to be a big Notre Dame football fan. Didn't they just lose? Yeah, they lost. But they got to the final. We got to the final. Yeah. And then David Butler is a big gender. I just see that round ball. Yep. But you're like probably honestly my favorite North Carolina fan because I feel like you're a normal, reasonable person and not the stereotypical. And I hope I'm not the stereotypical Kentucky fan. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the game last night. Did you watch it? Uh, I did not watch it. Yeah, but, me either. Um, for first year, uh, <laughs> should be, this great, should be a great, great conversation. Podcast. <laughs> great podcast. You're my you second, you're the second favorite yeah. Kentucky. Oh, fan. I'll take it. Yeah, I gotta go with uh, Jack Urban if you're listening. You're my favorite. <laughs> and apparently, McCrary is a North Carolina fan too. Yeah, that's how I got my job. Oh, that well, helps. not actually. I was working when he started working, but it's probably how I got my promotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I was checking the scores, and it was like fifteen to seven, ten minutes into the game. <laughs> right, and then somehow ended up being like eighty-three right. to seventy-seven. Like, what the hell happened? I, the tip time was well, why is it nine thirty? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. What's up, West Coast? Just the huge people. Oh yeah, huge. all college basketball all on the West, West Coast. Was watching it. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. They uh, want to see their new coach, Tony Bennett. Uh, the um, all their new coach. They announced it today. UCLA did? Yeah. Who is it? Mick Cronin from here in town. Whoa. Is he really? Mick Cronin left. This is breaking news for anyone in this room. It's true. It's <laughs> breaking news for me. Yeah. Mick Cronin just joined UCLA, left. Really? Cincinnati, yeah. Surprise. I think it's like a lot I, of money. I've got so much to talk about when I get out of this podcast. Yeah. Mick, yeah. yeah. So anyway, wow. um, I didn't watch the game, but their run was impressive. And I think, honestly... You know, Virginia's not really a big threat to the Blue Bloods, I don't think. And it's kind of a good story, like Maryland after last year. Yeah. I mean, that's a kind of a cool redemption story. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Tar Heels said that when they're in the championship and they lost in the championship. Yeah. And then they won it the next year. It's kind of the same, like being the first ever one seed to lose to a 16 seed. It is. And then do it. It's Cinderella. like, it's similar, except you'd never want people to tell right. that story. That's it true. Uh, it's very Cinderella. Yeah. They found the glass slipper. Yeah, I but think instead so. Instead of a glass slipper, it was a McDonald's bag they were wearing on their foot when they lost to University of <laughs> Chesapeake <laughs> Bay or whatever. Um, Baltimore <laughs> County. Yeah. Chesapeake yeah. Bay would have been good, too. <laughs> they probably, they probably yeah. did them, too. The, uh, the crabs. But, yeah. Um, yeah, good for Virginia. I, I texted a friend this morning. I didn't watch the game, but. I guess as far as the ACC goes, do, do you root kinda, for them because the ACC? I mean, sure, yeah, but the uh, that puts them on uh, Maryland, uh, Syracuse fitting, yeah, in terms of uh, yeah, so. one title, one, one, one more title, NC State level. <laughs> David Robinson, no, yeah, what? 
Did I say David Robinson? You did say David Robinson. A Navy yeah. fame. NC State would be Sidney Lowe. No, it's um, what's his name? It's Sidney Lowe, but you're looking for. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't know Robinson? this if I wasn't on. Who was the guy? David. That David Gatling. Right. Email us. Yeah, emails. Hey, emails. Uh, Intellicast. David. Anybody? David Thompson. David Thompson. David Thompson. Were you, were you, you do this all the time, or just letting me no, sweat, I did. sweat I over here? Thinking, you know, embarrassing <laughs> I was that I, I used to live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh-huh. And there's like pictures of that guy everywhere. But, yeah. Huh. yeah. David but Thompson. It was yeah. awesome. David Thompson. And then Valvan. Oh, Jimmy V. Yeah. Search for somebody to give a hug. Eighty-three. Let me love somebody. Yeah. Let's go to people, and that's a Mount Rushmore. And after a lot of debate, we came up with a Mount Rushmore topic. Near and dear to David's heart. <laughs> well, to be, to be <laughs> no, I feel like you may be one of these. Uh, you are, you are to me, and I appreciate that. And that is this week the Mount Rushmore of market research dudes. <laughs> dudes. And I think you might be asking yourself if you made it this far on the podcast. First of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> What is a market research dude? And I think after we name a couple of these guys, again, this is this is a compliment. If yes. you take it as a compliment, God bless you. This is great. Yeah. If you take it as a negative, come talk. You're not. It's not a negative. But it's to come me. On the show. And I'll explain this. So my first person in my market research dudes is Ted from Disco. And why I chose Ted from Disco as market research dude. Ted Bizakis. Ted Three times last week. We did a little bit of finger gun. We were crossed through. <laughs> we couldn't get to each other. We nodded, smiled, and finger gun shot each other. Pew, pew. <laughs> and for that, he is one of my top market research dudes. So now you can understand. Okay. It's a yeah. good thing to be a market research yes. dude. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, want me to do one? You go. Um, I'm going to start off with Jay Steffi. Ah, good market research dude. Why yeah. is he a market research dude to you? Why is he on your... Um, because he always has sunglasses somewhere on him. Yeah, he's just everywhere, yeah, he's and I feel there. I've, 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 there's been numerous times when we've somehow managed to be at the same table lunch at a conference, and a client will sit or prospect will sit next to us. We're like co-sell. Yeah, and so I can see him sell. You know, those are really weird, awkward situations where you don't <laughs> yeah. want to oversell yourself, and you don't sure. want to. But I've been in multiple situations, and he's awesome at it. Like I would co-sell with him. Cross, I would cross-sell, co-sell with him any day of the week. Oh, that's good. <laughs> David, you want to jump in this water or are you going to let us drown? Uh, <laughs> I'll start off with uh, maybe the uh, the first market research dude that yeah. I ever encountered was, um, and this term of endearment uh, is uh, Ted Polsker. The Godfather. Yeah. yeah, he was number one on my list too. Well, yeah. you didn't name him one. Were you going to give him to me? I did want to give him that. Sank I thought when, it was the easiest one. you said one. Ted. You know, yeah. Well, no. So um, now that I am a remote uh, employee kind of, yeah. uh, I worked with Ted when he was, and I, I don't live up to his standard. I wish I would do, I wish I would, but I mean, he, he call, you know, he was very interested and, uh, you know, everything going on with your life. that wasn't work. Uh, and that made him feel part of it. And, um, and he's also sending me some booze in the mail. So, ah, so that's, so nice. that's very dude. I love him. He's an awesome he guy. My favorite dude. Yeah. I love him. Uh, next up for me, I'll go Jake Wolf of Scent. Okay. Only really a dude because of his physical build, <laughs> I would say. And I think one time he said, bro, to me, to try to like, I was like, I'm not buying, I'm not buying, I'm not buying. He said, bro. And I was like, you know what? Because you're 6'4", 284. He's also a good dresser. <laughs> not a bad dresser. 
very yeah. comfortable in his own skin. Yeah, good jackets. He's very good for a dude to be comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. What do you got? I went with the entire P2 sample team. Oh, really? They're with, dudes? Yeah, I think so. JD, JC, Garrett. I'm a, All the initials. Gotcha. Yeah. Man. Well, they all, I don't know. P2 has a lot of, yeah, a lot of unique kind of named people. Sure. Because I guess their they're background and heritage. Um, but oh, interesting yeah. people. Problematic. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of gold dudes. I, and they're everywhere. They are. And they're everywhere. A bunch <laughs> of gold dudes. David, what you got? Uh... Another uh, former colleague of mine. Oh, Jeff Gherkin. Oh yeah. Oh Gherkin. Yeah, I would put him. He's a dude for sure. I love it when there there's like a dry, like a, a driver simulator or some kind of golf like mm-hmm. something. Like it'll go throughout the day. And be like, oh look who look who's long drive competition. That's great. That's great. And yeah. then Gherkin will come up and drive at like three eighty five. Yeah. Yeah. Flexing his days on the Japanese tour. He, he's an interesting guy. I love Jeff. He once hit a ball over Mount Fuji. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's good fisherman, good. too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Speaks, speaks Japanese. He speaks Japanese? Yeah. Oh, wow. Not a hidden talent that everybody knows. Everybody yeah, everybody knows that. that. He's not afraid to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah, I catch my own sushi. Um, yeah. Is it my turn? Let's just keep going. Let's go around the horn until we keep going. Right uh, I was going to go uh, the entire staff of Critical Mix. That's a good one. Or whatever Critical Mix is. I don't know. Donata Mix. The Donata. <laughs> yeah, formerly Chef. Those guys are all good dudes. And they're guys that I know that I'm going to run into one of them at 3 o'clock at a conference bar. <laughs> Let's just put that out. That's, that's my definition of a conference dude. Uh, see, Which to would me, make me a dude too, but I'm all right. That used to be NetQuest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, they were the party, right? Yeah, Christian. And, yeah. yeah, but now they've all kind of, I don't know, I feel like they split up a little bit. Well, you, Jay Steffi. That's right. Jay Steffi's over there now. Yeah, keep it alive. He's in recruitment chair. Who do you got? Anybody? I'll do one more. Ryan Barry. Very good. Uh, Ryan Barry's a good dude. Yeah, um, good dude. Awesome guy. Fun to be around. Zappy. What's the Led Zeppelin? Um, <laughs> just, which is awesome. <laughs> if you're in Led Zeppelin. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. good. The awesome. championship belt for whoever yeah, the he, person he, is. That's yeah. a weird idea. What a weird idea. But he, yeah, he flies it around. Yeah, it's a great one. Huh. Yeah, got, yeah. Uh, Mike Mizell. Oh yes, how do you forget about him? He's, he's a bigger dude than Jake. He's a big, yeah. du- bigger dude. Yeah, I missed out on that one. I feel yeah. uh, Jason Tipper. <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Market research, dude. I think he, he's going to be in town. Is he really? Yeah, awesome. he didn't call. Let's call him. Let's, on the air. <laughs> Bring him on. <laughs> Jason, how are you, bro? <laughs> That'd be great if we did that. That'd be great if we just called people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm tapped out. You got any more? Anybody? No, I'm done. Uh, yeah. Uh, Roddy. Hot Roddy? Is, we, we weren't sure about is yeah, he is a dude or not. Roddy, if he was a dude or not. Because I thought if I put Hot Rod, then what's keeping me from putting Kurt Smith on there? And then, like, oh, uh, yeah. I just say, because I, I had dinner one time with Jason Tiffer. Ted Pulsifer and Roddy was also there. Whoa! Yeah. This is the Mount Rushmore dudes right there. <laughs> so I just felt like you had to. Include you had to include Hot Rod. Yeah, uh, I love Hot Roddy. I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna make it. I was joking around with Perry the other day um, on instant messenger about Hot Roddy, and I'm, I'm waiting to pull out the best joke ever for Hot Roddy at IIA. Oh, that's awesome! I'm so excited. See, maybe, maybe I think of dudes as being like salespeople. Yeah, uh-huh. and I don't know. 
Well, is, yeah. Is he a salesperson? I don't well, think I wanted to bring him up to, no, I don't okay. think so. Well, yeah. everybody is. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, he has uh, uh, an event or the Insights Association has an event. Oh, uh, yeah. Southeast chapter. Yeah. He's really in New that. Orleans, uh, May 8th and 9th at yeah. Lucid HQ. Yeah. Um, Going to be a great event if you're in the neighborhood. Good pitch. Let's go. He, he, he um, messaged me and said, hey, do you want to present something? And I was, then I saw I was at Lucid headquarters. Uh, and then I thought, hey, maybe we can co-present with Lucid on something. Yeah, Data quality stuff or something. I don't know. Somebody, get them another market research team. Yeah. Lucid yeah. doesn't really have a lot of dudes anymore, do they? Andrew McKinney a dude? Kind of. Andrew McKinney's probably a dude. Yeah. Andy Ellis? Definitely. Andy, not a dude. Not a dude. No, not a dude. No. Guys that look good in ties. Not dudes. Guys <laughs> <laughs> that use a lot of product. And Patrick's not a dude. Patrick's not a dude. Probably has it in him. <laughs> At some point in time, it's a dude. But now he's, he's too high up to be a dude. Yeah. Can't be chief dude. Chief dude officer. Who knows? Pat Stokes. Pat Stokes uh, yeah. dude. Pat Stokes. Yeah. Anybody else from he's anybody great. non-sales he's great. guy that might be a great. dude? Dan Foreman? Yeah. Dude, international dude. He'll be at, at um, MRMW. Oh, yeah, he will be. Well, he's like... One of the presenters or something. I don't know. I love yeah. it. MCing international with Bailey Allen. Cool. Do you want to do Everglades? Worst people in the industry. <laughs> Let's do it. No. <laughs> I got. I got to say though. Um, no, uh, but uh, Everglades. They're beautiful. What's up with that? Florida's the worst state. Yeah. And so if you but had like the Everglades, <laughs> might be the best part of it. That's <laughs> true. I call it like Spinnakers at three p.m. <laughs> Panama City Beach, yeah, mid afternoon on a Sunday. Yeah, that's that's yeah. probably if you have Mount Rushmore is the best, most beautiful part of America. Yeah, that you guys ever been to uh, Spinnakers? Yeah, uh, Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for for sure, <laughs> for sure. I, I wouldn't talk about I it every shirt contest there once. <laughs> never been to Mount Rushmore. Uh, I never have either. Have you been? Uh, I didn't pay for the parking, but you can see it from the road. Okay. Oh, really? Yep. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Kind of yeah, half-assed you for of, your country, but sure. Yeah, well, it's not point. Uh, do you guys want to go through a rant? Do you have a rant, David? You don't have to. I've got a rant. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. you got a rant. Conference apps. Ooh, yeah, they're bad. Go ahead. Well, my problem is, like, the last couple, the Quirks app was awesome, and it looks like the MRMW app is great, but why do I have to download a different app every freaking conference? Like, I think I've downloaded 30 research apps in hopes that someday I'll use the app a second time. <laughs> Like Bizabo and Click. Can you power rank them? I wish. What's what's this new one? Hoova. Oh my gosh! Like there's a million. I don't understand why can't we just let's all line as an industry. Can you make that happen with SampleCon? Can we all line on an app? Is the SampleCon one custom? SampleCon does not have its own. No, I don't even know what we do. You had an app. it was a custom one. Wasn't there gamification? Yeah, there was gamification on it. This app is good. But the Quirks app was awesome also. <laughs> but, like, why do we have to have 400 different apps? Right. Just come up with one app. Software. I got to connect my LinkedIn profile. Right. What is M4 doing? Why couldn't they just make an app for everybody for market research? Right? Brilliant. What? Somebody. Somebody can do it. Dynata. Yeah. Somebody. I'm with you. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? You, you have a rant? Uh, no. Oh, have you guys ever done best efforts as a rant? 
<laughs> that's a really yeah. we never get deep in I the just, sample i just feel like it's when someone tells you they're going to give their best efforts like in any other context set sample i, just, I feel good i'm like yeah. you know like if, <laughs> like if an agent you know i've got to find, like, i'm going to do my best for you i'm like i believe you. yeah if a sample person tells me they're going to do best efforts i'm pretty sure that they just turn their computer off and walk <laughs> maybe put coffee on it <laughs> I'm with you on that. That's a yeah. really no, no wicked coverage on this one. Yeah. That's a really good. Analogy. That's really good. Mm, best efforts best here. Best so, you know. uh, that will do it for episode 13, season two of the IntelliCast podcast. Brian, anything you want to add before we go? No, I'm excited about an RMW. It's kind of nice, right? David, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, anything guys. you want to plug? Anything? You'll be at MRW, be at IIX. I've plugged a lot, but I'll plug your podcast. Big fan. Thank this you. Is a dream come true. Oh, it's so nice to hear. No way else. It's just not going out to a void somewhere. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Joining us now is Ted Waz. Ted, how are you? I'm doing well, and it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, I know we've uh, kind of our paths crossed a little over a year ago, I think, probably at, well, probably SampleCon last year was the first time, and then going into IAX. And then we've talked a lot about opinion economy in the last year. So uh, it's awesome to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we kind of always start um, in market research. No one really has like a linear is like no one's dreaming when they're a little kid that somehow they're involved in the market research industry. Uh, so our first question is always like, what is your injury, your origin story? Like what got to, to where you are now? Sure. Um, so actually I got here um, by way of accident as many of the best life events uh, happen. Um, I, I met Isaac Rogers, um, a little over, I guess it's two years ago now. Um, Isaac Rogers is a heads up 2020 market research in Nashville, Tennessee, and, um, got me interested in, uh, the consumer data play, um, for market research. And I had a, a, a long history of being involved in finance technology and operations and uh, data management. And um, so all of those things came together. And when I met Isaac and the passion that he and Jim and Catherine at 2020 Research had for market research, um, I, I said, there's a great opportunity here to bring together um, several types of technology uh, artificial and general intelligence, blockchain, distributed ledger, and um, security for identity management and for cybersecurity. And said, this would be great. Let's pull it all together. And, and we did. And that's how um, we launched the opinion economy and, and how I got involved. Wow, that's awesome. So it's it's been, um, I think the big bang in market research for blockchain was probably IIX last year. Um, and since then, you know, it's been a little bit over a year now, where have you seen like the last year go in terms of not just with opinion economy, but blockchain or like, what has the evolution been of it over the last year? Sure. So, so blockchain and, um, crypto, and yeah. we need to be able to address both of those, uh, both together and separately. So, um, the advent of the technology Um, was heralded in with Bitcoin and Ethereum and the crypto tokens. Lots of big play, big ramp, big press, big investment, big failures. 
And, um, and then it's been this up and down roller coaster ride on the token economic side of, of blockchain, not associated with market research. And then the blockchain and the distributed ledger slide, which is uh, the more technical infrastructure sort of thing. There were about eight companies um, that came out of the gate with white papers and they did ICOs and they raised about $200 million um, and haven't really heard anything from them. Um, you know, they started doing some stuff and then they sort of just blended into the background. Um, blockchain itself in market research, there's a steady climb. There are people who are very much interested and taking the key aspects of blockchain and distributed ledger and then using that as an immutable record uh, for market research to help um, prevent or circumvent uh, fraud or misuse of data. Now, there have been a whole host of other activities uh, during the course of the last 18 months which have caused adoption uh, to be slower than we we would hope. Right. Um, and that includes one of the predictions I made uh, when I was at the um, the first conference where I, I met you guys uh, in February of 2018. And that was that there would be some significant consolidation in the market research industry uh, by investors. And there would be a lot of consolidation. There would be a lot of attention on consumer data from the EU uh, with the advent of GDPR. And um, the investment would take a more traditional route related to blockchain and distributed ledger. And all of those things have come true. Right. Wow. That's, that's huge growth. I think, you know, I mean, especially from where we started and, uh, and I agree with you, like a lot of things have come up that maybe halted it as much, but I don't think that, the momentum is still moving forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there is very definitely um, forward momentum. And it, when you look at um, the, just in the United States, the government agencies and municipalities, uh, more than 80% of them report that they are engaged in some sort of blockchain and consumer data um, initiative. And most of them include some sort of market research whether qualitative or quantitative. And then you go to the commercial side and virtually all of the Fortune 500 companies and, and uh, certainly extending out to the Fortune 1000 um, are engaged in some identification of how blockchain and the use of consumer data and security will impact them. And one of the, one of the items that I have I've said repeatedly is that there are lots of people that ran out very quickly and said, Oh, we're going to blockchain. We're going to blockchain. Give us money. And, and I said from the beginning that if you're going to blockchain or use distributed ledger in research uh, for consumer data, then there are only six things that really uh, you should be using it for. And that's requisition to reconciliation, identity management, inventory management, asset management, the order to cash cycle, and for security purposes. And those, those six things form uh, the hexagon of trust within market research uh, for uh, both qualitative and quantitative research. 
No, I agree. And I, I, I think it's, do you think there's like a balance of those six or are there any that's more important to market research of that six? Well, I, I think depending on who you're talking with, um, there, there's a a different balance. Um, I, I would argue that the protection of consumer data is probably one of the most important and, and I'll go to the EU and, and the UK with their ICO um, so you have the general data protection regulation for the EU, that's 28 countries, and for now, UK is included. And then you have, in the UK, you have the ICO, which is their um, their data compliance office. And those represent um, structures that place real fines and real potential damages for multinational corporations operating within the EU and um, operating within the United States for which EU citizens are actively engaged. And we, we saw the very first um, GDPR fine come out against Google. Um, it was a 50 million euro fine um, for misuse of, of data related to advertising. And um, that set the precedent for the other 27 EU countries to follow suit with a fine against Google. So that 50 million euro um, really represents 1.4 billion in fines. We saw also that the Marriott hotel system, British Airways, Facebook, Amazon, um, uh, Netflix, all, all uh, there's a, a whole host of other companies that are now engaged in various lawsuits around consumer data um, that also is tied to some of it is tied to research um, that really impacts the bottom line of corporations. So folks are, are getting um, very focused on cybersecurity. They're getting very focused on how they validate the identity of uh, consumers and for consumer research. And um, the impact on the, the market research industry and its adjacent industries to include um, advertising and the large consumer data players like MFang, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Netflix and Google. Right. Um, there's, there are big fines ranging from, you know, a billion to 23 billion that have come out in the news recently. Wow, jeez. Uh, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit because I know that we've talked about investments in the past and you've invested in a lot of different, not just market research, uh, but lately the, our industry, which, which isn't really popular into investments, uh, has been seeing some more investments come in. So you see like the Bain Capital buying a big percentage of Kantar, you know, private equity going into things like Schlesinger, uh, Toma Brava buying JD Power last week. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just new and it's just like the splash, but I wanted to get your perspective on this. Um, do you see kind of a, a hope or do you see more of a concern with this new money coming into the market research industry? So I, I actually, um, a, a year and a half ago, I said that the market research industry, um, as it exists then, back in February of 2018, will not be the same industry five years later. And that's because adjacent industries are going to come in and they're going to start to take over. And the, this new infusion of, of money from larger investment houses, um, 
really are going to start to transform how market research is conducted. And the, the play to a larger consumer data research, um, as opposed to the traditional um, active querying of respondents, whether it's, it's through um, online means or through telephone inquiry or through qualitative assessment, uh, is going to shift to be part active, but the majority is going to be passive. And that's what we've seen from Facebook and Google and Netflix. Uh, and most major corporations now are pushing money towards those initiatives. And because of legislation like, like GDPR and like the California Consumer Protection Act and proclamations, for example, from the governor of California to say uh, corporations that are taking our doing research and taking information from our consumers need to pay our California residents. Well, that's starting to happen in multiple other states as well. So I think that the, the new investment money sees what um, Facebook and Google and Microsoft and Amazon and Netflix have done, and they see an opportunity to to become part of the next phase and to be ahead of that. And market research, I think, has a, a low-cost entry level to be able to make that happen. Hey, Ted, this is Brian. That's that's so interesting to me. And um, as Adam mentioned, it's this is kind of a new thing for us, and you obviously predicted it. But who? I, my question is, who kind of pursues who? If you're a Dynata or a Nielsen or a Kantar, does it a, a private investment firm just – do they reach out to them or is it the other way around? So it, it happens both ways. And, you know, it, it happens along conversation lines. Um, I mean, I, I had conversations with um, the CEO of Dynata about consumer data almost from the very start. And, and they were on an acquisition um, pathway, uh, integrating technologies. They've done a, a really good job of consolidating, um, you know, larger players under under their banner and um they've they've made themselves through that sort of consolidation uh, a target for an even larger investment the the same way you saw uh sap with their investment i mean i i think that i think when sap um uh bought the, the majority stake and um oh my gosh i'm Drawing a blank. Qualtrics. Qualtrics. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, when SAP bought Qualtrics, I think people were, were shocked by that because they didn't see how that was a logical market research play. And it's not. It's not, a, it's not a market research play. It is a consumer research play for a much larger view of the world. And the, the fact that market research is... Uh, a vibrant component of what could happen is, I think, very real. And, and it's lower cost than trying to take over advertising, which has a much higher fraud rate than market research. I, I guess kind of to sum it up, thinking about this investments and stuff and where the industry is going, do you see market research as, as a growth industry? Because traditionally it really hasn't been, right? Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, <laughs> Right now, I think in the, in the market research proper space, I think there's a lot of consolidation of swapping of, of revenue. 
Um, so sample and panel companies, there's a lot of swapping taking place. Um, in the in the big house market research companies, they're going to swallow up a lot of the mid-sized companies. And some of it will happen just because the mid-sized companies are not going to be able to afford the type of business insurance they're going to need over the next couple of years to deal with consumer data and cybersecurity breaches. Um, and, and I think that's going to become more and more common that mid-sized companies, smaller and mid-sized companies are going to opt out of providing the services they do. And they'll try to consolidate amongst each other or they'll be picked up by a larger player. Um, but I think that in the end, the short term, I don't think there's a lot of growth. I think that market research consolidation is a long-term play that will ultimately lead to enhanced consumer growth. That's, that's great. Uh, well, thanks, Ted, for, for teaching us a little bit more about uh, not just blockchain, but but where the industry is. And I think that you have like a unique perspective and that you have kind of investments outside of the industry. And I don't know, it's, it's like a too close to the forest to see the trees, but a lot of things, times in our industry, I think we just see what's in front of us. Um, and so it's been awesome to get that kind of perspective. I, I will share one last one last thought on, on that. Um, we're going to see you know, over the course of the next three years that um, the telephony, data, and retail are going to merge even more than they have already. Okay. Wow, and, really? Yes. yes. Uh, there are big things happening globally um, around these things. That's awesome. Well, well, thank you so much, Ted, for joining us. And uh, we, anything you want to plug? What, where can we find you? Where can we read more? How can we? Uh, how can anybody get in touch with you? Uh, so uh, we're still working the opinion economy, and um, uh, right now, my CTO and I are um, actively working uh, to secure some investment for our next phase with our initiative. Um, and we're we've been doing a lot of talking. I've I presented to the Pentagon and uh, the Defense Information Security Agency. I just came back from uh, Kuwait where I was talking to a group of investors there, uh, the UK. Um, I'm speaking in Athens, uh, Greece a little later this year, uh, Hawaii. And these are all discussions around uh, consumer data and blockchain and how the monetization of that benefits both companies and uh, individuals. So uh, ted.waz at opinionblockchain.com is a great way to reach me. It goes right to my phone and I'm very responsive. I, I can attest to that. You are very responsive. Uh, thank you so much, Ted. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, thanks very much, guys. Really appreciate your time and love your show. Oh, thanks. Joining us now is Roddy Knowles, head of research at Alpha. Roddy, how are you? I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. It is so great to have you on the podcast this time um, with some audio, uh, not hovered <laughs> wow. around kind of one mic in a closing down bar in Atlanta. It was just such a great experience. So I'm in New York today and I was thinking like maybe I should run down, like jump on the subway to record this thing <laughs> just to sort of get as close to that experience as possible. But ultimately I just ran out of time. So, you know, oh, well, we'll have to make do with this. We'll do another. Yeah, we'll do another live one soon. Um, well, first of all, let's get started with kind of your origin story. So, Roddy, how did you get into market research? Yeah, it's, I feel like I've told this story a few times. I'm sorry I've heard it before, but I, I backed into research in a really weird 
way. So my background is in religious studies. So I was in a grad program studying religion um, from a social science perspective. And I had an anthropology professor who said, hey, here's this, there's a company out there who wants to do consumer ethnography. Are you interested? I'm like, cool, ethnography. I can do that. What's consumer ethnography? No idea. But the short story was like, they would pay me what was a good amount of money in grad school, you know, better than me as a TA, like actually doing, you know, uh, ethnographic right. work, like Shopper Insights work. So doing a lot of, you know, field work in, in grocery stores and, you know, ID, in-home IDIs and stuff like that. So that was sort of how I made my way into research. And as I sort of continued to work with uh, with that company, I started to do more, uh, more analytical work and project management work and project director work. And so I sort of just backed my way into, I never set out to be a, you know, a market researcher. I just sort of worked my way, way into it and, you know, all downhill from there. Sweet. So, yeah. so what was the kind of the first like research job that you have? Like, what are some of the companies you've worked at there? Um, the, the first job that I had? Yeah. Yeah. It was with a company called Smart Revenue. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah. And so they're, they're no longer around, but they were around for a long time, had a good run. And um, yes, I worked as an ethnographer. That was that was my first position. So the guy that needs to be set in the field and observe people who are buying orange juice and talk to those people and figure out why they're buying this type of orange juice as, as opposed to another one and how they're sort of negotiating the aisles and operating in that space and trying to apply some of those ethnographic tools to um, to shopping. So that was one of the things that I, I first did. That's awesome. And so, and so now you've just started the new job at Alpha. Um, yeah. Talk, tell us about Alpha. It's not like I know you're head of research there, and yeah. you have a you have a team, but really yeah. probably not on the radar for a lot of like market research people. You're not at TMRE. <laughs> I, I know I missed it. I'm a little bit, a little bit missing that one, but that's okay. So maybe, maybe next year. Um, yeah. So you know, one of the things that. You know, I'd heard, I know you've heard too, I'm not the only one hearing this, you know, over the past, I don't know, two, three, however many years being in the research industry is just like, is we need data faster. Like we need to do research faster. And that was one of the things that really intrigued me about alphas. They seem to be solving some of those problems and, you know, really trying to, you know, increase speed to insights. Um, they've really been focused on, you know, enabling agile research. And I mean, agile research, like actually agile research, not just like using it as a buzzword, meaning like, hey, we ran two tests pretty quickly, but like actually, you know, enabling agile research across organizations. So really trying to give people data at their fingertips when they need it to make decisions, really data, you know, relevant data they can actually use. So it's been really cool to see, you know, how the different types of people that we're working with in an organization so they can conduct research, do it really quickly, they can test, but really not thinking about things as a, as a one-off test, but thinking about running multiple tests to continue to iterate, to continue to learn and think about research really as a learning process and then how that information gets shared within an organization. So yeah, it's been it's been super cool so far, really cool to see how our customers are solving some really interesting problems by, you know, by having data and getting that data at speed. So yeah, it's, it's been it's really great so far. That's awesome. Um, so, so as we talk about that, and you've said like over the last few years, a lot of people are, are saying like, we need data faster, we need data faster. Um, is that kind of, where do you see that trend going with market research? Is it going to be something that we're like more and more people are going faster or is it kind of more of like uh, finally exercising muscles that we've, we've always had? I think that we will continue to, you know, want to get data faster. And I, I think that we'll understand like what types of data are fit for purpose or certain data that we can get really fast and, and should get really fast or certain data that just really takes more time, you know, data that really needs more attention in terms of, you know, data, data collection that, you know, so I think that we'll continue to be, to be pressed probably unduly for, for getting, you know, I guess I say we, I'm thinking about it from the supplier side, but, you know, like, you know, to get data faster. Um, and I, I think that's not going to stop anytime soon. 
Yeah, no, we won't get we won't get it in th- forty five minutes, maybe. So at some point, we'll have to put <laughs> you know put sort of time bounds on these things. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, um, this is kind of how I judge the quality of companies, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But but what is Alpha's stance on blockchain? <laughs> yeah, same, thanks thanks for asking. Um, haven't have, haven't gotten to that haven't gotten to that one yet. Um, but you know me, I'm always, I'm always, I'm always up for, uh, up for exploring solutions, but we are not a blockchain based company, but, but I know it's not a bummer. Uh, but any company has a blockchain based solution that can help us, uh, support our business and not slow us down. I'm all for talking. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Uh, Roddy, one thing I've always been impressed with you is that your passion goes way beyond research. You you give back to the research industry. You do a lot for SMR. You've always done a lot for Insights Association and looking at your LinkedIn profile. It goes way beyond that. How do you find the time to do that? And I've always honestly admired that and try to pattern what I like to do. Um, similar to what you've done. So can you talk about that? I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really twofold. I mean, some of it is extracurricular, but, you know, also I've been fortunate, you know, fortunate, you know, when I was at, at, at Dynatum, you know, my time there always had support to do these things to really support, the, you know, the research industry. Um, because, you know, I think there are you know, a lot of things that both those organizations, Insight Associations and SMR, really do that underpin everything we do as research. And without organizations like that, a lot of what we do falls apart. Um, just the ability to conduct research, but also to conduct research well. And, and so, I, you know, I think those organizations and, and other similar organizations, are, you know, are really, really critical. Uh, and, you know, so far at Alpha, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've been really supportive of, of that same thing as well. So I've just been lucky to, you know, work at one really supportive organization, moving into another one. And then honestly, finding a little bit of a, a little bit of extra time here and there as well outside of uh, outside of the day job. Yeah, that, that's how I feel in that um, you know, I'm passionate about it and um, you find the time, I think, when you have your passion. So I, I'm, I'm sure that's what you feel as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's rewarding to get to, you know, to do things that are you know, outside of what, you know, relevant, but but outside of what you're, you know, you're doing, you might have different, you know, really personal motivations to do anything. I'm not doing any of these things to, you know, to make money or, or drive revenue. Um, but I'm doing it because, it, you know, it's, it's a way to to help people and to, you know, to teach and to help people learn. You know, my, my background um, was in academia, too, and, and, and I don't get to teach anymore, but I get to scratch that itch a little bit by, you know, doing right. things like this, putting together events and speaking and, and doing workshops and things like that. So, you know, the, working with those organizations gives me a chance to do more of that and i just i just love it awesome that's great um talk to me a little bit about smr so i know that you are the u.s ambassador of of smr um and next year it's back in north Uh, america representative i think um i don't know if ambassador maybe that's a promotion you just gave me i'm not sure but if so yeah yeah, i think i like ambassador a little bit it makes me (laughs) feel like you're you're wearing an ascot i need a medal in an ascot yes right right i'll have to have to Talking about that, <laughs> uh, but I feel like SMR is kind of on fire right now, and I, I don't know if it's because of getting more people like yourself and in and, a good way. Yes, in a good way. Yes. Okay. Well, on fire like like the back of a KFC like has a dumpster like that being on no <laughs> yeah, uh, on fire. Just I feel like with yourself getting involved with Chris and Luck getting involved, and you see it just is more visual than it ever has been. Um, yeah. Is SMR kind of making some changes? Is it trying to? like reestablish itself right now? Because it seems like everything is, is awesome right there. It seems like there's so much more educational. 
Yeah, I, I would not say it's necessarily re-establishing. I also say, you know, bringing Reg Baker on board has been, you know, a, a big deal too. Um, but it's really trying to just really increase the presence of SMR within North America. You know, SMR being a, you know, a global research organization. Um, obviously, you know, for a while it was, it was, you know, really focused on Europe, but it really is a global organization and realizing the real opportunity for, you know, for growth and for SMR to continue to make an impact is really within North America because so much research is done here. So there've been resources that have been, you know, put put against that, um, and and I think also there's been more of an appetite within those of us in in, in North America who do global research to really understand why as how SMR can add value there. So as you know, the world becomes more more global, and the research we do becomes more global. You know, I think that's that's happening too. So it's not it's not an accident that you're seeing more of a presence from SMR, but I think it's coming at at the right time. Uh, and then, and also, you know, we've got Congress in North America in the, next year, and it'll be up in Toronto. And so, you know, there's always a buzz around that, and people maybe maybe they hadn't thought about SMR. They would definitely start to think about SMR uh, more soon when there's, you know, the biggest global event market research comes to uh, comes to your territory uh, or is relatively close by. So I think, you know, that'll, the buzz will sort of continue to increase as we kick up for that next year. That's awesome. Um, well, I see you guys there. Will I? Huh? Uh, I'm not legally allowed to leave the country but <laughs> pretty easy I, can, I think i could drive over a bridge or swim uh, let's move into the fun stuff uh, roddy we usually do this research round of the week and i doubt that you have anything that um is rant worthy because you're such a, a positive person but do you have anything uh, that is kind of a research rant you could give Surprise, surprise. I do have a rant. Um, I was going to give you like an option and say, here, choose one of three because I got three. So here's my here's my rant and here's what I did. So my, my rant is why can't researchers just talk like expert of humans? Um, so I didn't look for bad examples. I just went on this morning and I took two surveys from a um, platform that will go unnamed. And I literally just took two questions out of like the first three before I dropped out of the survey because it seemed terrible. I'm going to just read these questions to you before. Okay. So the person says, taking, taking everything into account, what is your favorite non-alcoholic beverage brand? Beverage brand. Please include the, the full name below and record only one brand. It's like, come on, man. You know, like who talks, who talks like that? Can you not just be really clear, you know, and just like ask, you know, ask this question very, very right. basically. Right. And, I'll, and here, here's another one. And this, I'll only subject you to one more. This one sucks really bad. Uh, so uh, for each of the magazines shown below, please check the box below the magazine if you have read or looked into any issue of the magazine in the last six months, which no one can remember, by the way, either at home or away from home. If you have not read or looked into any of the magazines below, please check none of the above at the bottom of the page. Could we just say which of the following magazines have you read in the last six months? Like, I like the do? idea. Like, 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 yeah. like you do that all at home or not at home? Yeah, it's like, like all the qualifiers. Yeah, we get that. Let's not list all the things that includes everything. You know, like just the way that questions are written are so just unhuman. It makes me insane. Uh, I won't even get into the question types. I love the thing that um, I don't know if you've seen it. Anders from Proto Brand does where he, he makes people um, have a conversation using Likert scales. <laughs> and really? uh, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. Yeah, which is sort of an argument, uh, you know, against Likert scales and asking questions in bad ways. So this is not, you know, only only my idea, but it just, I, I look at things, and if like if you're writing a survey and you read your questions out loud, like just do that. And when they sound ridiculous, I take a step back and think, hey, can I can I cut down things here? Can I just talk like a human? 
So that's it. That's my soapbox. That's not bad. Oh. You know, it reminds me, uh, yesterday we had a, uh, I was with the sales team and we're kind of doing some little exercises just to kind of break up the monotony of uh, getting rejected by clients. And we, we played this game called What's in the Box? And the thing is, I put something in a box, somebody looks at it, and the rest of the team gets 10 close-ended questions to ask them to try to figure out what's in the box. And then after mm-hmm. 10, then you can go to open-ended. And that was, that's it. That's the rule. You're like, okay, ask the 10 questions, thanks. That at no point in time did someone just say, what's in the box as a closed-ended question. And so we tiptoed around everything, right? We're like, is it edible? Um, Is it made of paper? Like all these questions. Um, And the idea is, you know, to get people to ask better sales, better probing type questions, try to figure things out quicker. But it's the same thing with market research, right? We know what our research objectives are. So why aren't we just going after those objectives? Well, uh, first of all, I I love this rant. One of my favorite we've ever got. And completely agree. And... I think a lot of it is that we overthink things and that sometimes with the clients, you have to go through six levels of questionnaire mm-hmm. approval. Everybody has their two cents and it's like the telephone game. By the time it gets to the final approval, it doesn't make sense anymore. We've overthought it instead of just answering, asking the questions straightforward. So good job, Roddy. I love it. Oh, thanks. I, would, I was hoping you were going to disagree with me, but it's going to be <laughs> pretty hard for you too. Yeah. Uh, next, let's talk a little bit about survey grids. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's move into the four P's. Uh, so the four P's are the things that we tried to get a little bit, know a little bit more about you personally. It's our plan on the marketing mix. And the first one is playlist. Uh, we're going to be asking you what are the last three songs or artists you've listened to. I will warn you, I have written down six musical acts on my piece of paper that I think at least two of these are going to be mentioned by you. Wow. 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 That is... Taste. That is yeah. strange. I'm a little bit nervous. Okay, so I mean, uh, I, I did look at this. Um, all, all all three songs I listened to are all Silver Juice songs. Uh, I've been on I've been on a big Silver Juice kick, um, you know, since David Berman died, which is a really sad thing, and it won't it won't get, make the podcast an emotional one. Um, but I, I love Silver Juice, and so that that's really been in my head a lot. Um, other bands like. This is like gym stuff I was listening to this morning. Uh, LCD Sound System, also all-time favorite band, probably my favorite band. Uh, and Sago, probably didn't nail that one, um, but their record that came out this year, Sago Sucks, is, is awesome. So that was that was this morning too. Uh, okay. What'd you do, I man? I didn't get any. Uh, any? I'll well, tell you, here are the ones that I had. I, 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 okay, I'm curious as how this is going to go. Uh, and this is what how I picked this is just I know um, – I don't know any type of, but I'm just like, you know what? I know he's going to be a little bit cutting like, it. This dude loves Billy Dan. He loves them. Okay. I did have Almond Brothers written down. So that was close. I did, uh, I did, I did own that, that Almond Brothers box set when I was in college, but I haven't listened to Almond Brothers in a while. Um, I had widespread panic on mine, which I thought maybe LCD sound system might be somewhat like that. Oh, Adam. Right? Um, no, no. But I mean, I, I, you you captured me at about uh, from about eighteen to twenty. Yeah, hey. So yeah, both those bands would have been that list then, and they've precipitously well, dropped off since. Widespread Athens, Roddy, not Athens. So maybe uh, you know, most, I mean, I grew up in Atlanta, I grew up in Atlanta. So widespread was right? big, you know, high school and into you know in, in, into college. I've been to my share of widespread shows. Don't care to go to another I said, one. Uh, I've, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I said Jason Isbell. I, I do like Jason. I do like Jason Isbell. I am a Jason Isbell fan. Yep. Um, 
I wrote down uh, Rock Him because I thought that like I think of you could be into hip hop, but you'd I'm be into like, hip hop. So the the fourth band that was on my thing when I was looking at it was Run the Jewels. So um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, right. not, you're not far off. Rock him. I had third base. I had slash third base also. I don't know. Because, um, like, I love gas face. Like, what, what, is, what yeah, is that? Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I had such an interesting prediction. I had written down um, that you would say a neo soul band you've probably never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did go a little obscure, not neo soul, more of like a post punk. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I love you made predictions. That's it. And I had Avit Brothers too, but whatever. That's that was kind of me trying to come up with a more current widespread painting. So. I, I don't bands like that all blend together to me. It's like Avit Brothers and I forget, you know, what the other one, Mumford Mumford and Sons, Mumford Brothers, Avit and Sons. I don't know. Those <laughs> bands sound the same to me. I hear you. Um let's go to pages now. What is a book you would recommend uh people listening to should read? Sure. So, I mean, I'll give a sort of like a businessy one, um, which I've just been reading over the last couple of weeks. I just finished it the other day called Little Bets by Peter Sims. Something I really started about th- uh, when I or started reading, sort of thinking about when I joined Alpha. And it's really just about this idea that you don't need to start with this like huge idea um, that, you know, you can make a series of small bets. And, and so, you know, you learn by, by failing and failing fast and how these things really lead to bigger ideas and stuff. Obviously, you know, that ties into a little bit of what we do, but I, I mean, I thought, you know, it, it's not really intended to be a research book. I think it applies to business and applies to life, but there are definitely research applications there. And it's a, it's a quick read too. So I think that's a good one to add to the list. That's really good. Did, did you have a prediction there, Adam? No. <laughs> what, what's your prediction? Like, I, I don't know. Um, the Great Gatsby. I right. love that. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think he, so, something that was like socio-economical. Yeah. Great Gatsby. Dystopian. Something like dystopian. Yeah. I like that. Uh, perform. What is something that people don't know about you? Do you have a hidden talent? Talent with air quotes around it, because like it's a. We, I don't really have. I don't think really that many talents. Um, but it's like something I can kind of do, which is strange, which is make balloon animals. So I'm not that good at it, but like I can entertain the heck out of some three year olds for about 45 minutes, and it's just like a really strange thing to pull out at kids' parties because it's an instant hit, even though I can only make about five things. But you know, yeah. Shocked. That's, that's really good. I like that. It's a really good. It's sort of weird. So if I could go to a place and there's like someone making like awesome balloon animals, I'm always like a little bit mesmerized. Like I won't be able to do it, but like I want to like look at that person. It's like, why is Roddy hanging out around that creepy clown? <laughs> <in the park? laughs> yeah. hey, can I get your card, man? <laughs> exactly. You want to talk about twisting? <laughs> twisting. That sounds like an inside term. Yeah, man. You know, I've been twisted for like four years now. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think that's what it's called. It might be that might be not the most current <laughs> lingo with all those the, the young kids who are doing uh, balloon animal twisting. Oh, that's good. Uh, last one is people. This is when we typically do our Mount Rushmore. However, we're switching it up and we're going to do an Everglades on this one, uh, which is the opposite of Mount Rushmore. So this is going to be the worst of something. And Roddy, you've chosen worst survey question types. Worst survey questions. Yes. All right. So I'll go from five to one. Five. Is, I sort of cheated. It's not actually a question type, but I'm going to throw it in. It's just part of a question, which is other specify. 
why <laughs> do you need another specify? Like occasionally you need it, but you generally don't. Like I just challenge yourself to think about how many times you've used, you know, the specifies and actually coded them and looked at them. So like if it really is relevant, okay, cool. If you're trying to figure out like you're asking about brands and maybe you're just not sure and you have a really short brand list, that's great. Um, but generally don't need the other um, uh, specifies. So that I guess sort of unintentionally goes into my next one, which is, uh, the question that has a list of all the brands ever. Uh, so it's like 50 brands, which of course you want to unbias. So you don't alphabetize them. So you can never find anything in that list. So then you have a primacy effect of people you know, just finding stuff at the top of the list and just scrolling down blindly and not looking at the rest of the stuff. So other all time favorites. Um, I also have number, number three, image highlighter. Always a great, mo always great mobile experience. Definitely works well. Uh, really easy to circle and highlight stuff and get into like the image you've compressed onto a mobile screen and try to do that. So easily analyzed. Easily analyzed. Yeah, that heat map is yeah. an amazing deliverable that makes sense <laughs> to everyone. Those coordinates. Yep. Yep. So definitely use a lot of those. Um, Number two, the data quality question, check question, where you say, choose option three below. And the results of that is one of two things. Like people are confused, like think you didn't actually write a survey question. Like, what are you doing here? Or they feel ultimately like you mistrust, you mistrust them, which is not an expectation I think we want to set, even if you don't trust them. So not a fan of that one. Saw that just the other day. And number one, I should get a drum roll, giant grids. Hey. Uh, so I mean, I could go on a go on a rant about uh, rant about those, but um, been trying to lobby the industry to kill grid questions for a while. Don't think I've made a dent in that, but it doesn't <laughs> mean that we should stop. And I'll say, when I joined Alpha, I was pretty excited looking at the questions we do for our clients and thinking about grids. Like, yeah, we don't really do grids. I'm like, amazing. Awesome. I'm, in the right, I'm in the right place. Uh, that's great. You have any, Brian? That that was so good. Um, I don't know if that anything to add. I love the brand question because I struggled with this. I supported a major um, laundry brand, and you imagine all the brands in laundry, and they all have sub 40 sub brands. And so we debated mm -hmm. that for five years how to display that question. And so I can completely relate to all of those. It's, it's a great list. Hmm. I just had a wild idea. Tell me if this is a good research idea. Yeah. You've never heard this, Brian. Roddy obviously never heard it either. Um, if you were going to measure some kind of brand loyalty, think about customer satisfaction or something. What if you set up like a box of, say it's like Honey Nut Cheerios and you had the box of Honey Nut Cheerios and it was kind of like a photo hunt and you had to click all the places on the box that weren't, that were irregular. Like it's like the bees, like stingers on top of his head. And based off how many they missed is how loyal you are to the brand. Oh, like a puzzle. Yeah, it's like that'll it's, determine how much so you know about the this brand. combines a couple of my favorite things: market research and cereal, the, the cereal <laughs> and the perverted photo hunt that's always at the yes. corner of the bar. That's you know? exactly what I was thinking. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but that's what was right. in my head. Yeah. No one plays regular photo hunt. That's no, not fun. Uh, hey, but that's good, right? I'll I'll talk to the Qualtrics about it. Yeah, you should work on that. We could combine that with like the, the image highlighter thing that I mentioned too. Right. So it's definitely top of, top of my list. Yeah, work, 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 workshop that a little bit and then come come back to me. We'll see I will. Go. Next podcast. Yep. Uh, Roddy, thank you so much. How can people reach out to you if they had any questions? Um, I will give you my Twitter. It's at Roddy Knowles. You can find me there, usually on the Twitter. Um, LinkedIn is, 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 is a good place too. And can I break from trend and can I, I do something else at the close here? 
Yeah. So uh, listen to your podcast. You get it every once in a while. I usually just download and don't listen, but occasionally I actually uh, do do listen to it. Uh, listen to it in the car. I don't know, sometime in the last couple of months. And you guys mentioned my name. Don't know what you said. Most likely it was something really, really nice. And my kids are in the car and they're like, they're like, why are these guys talking about you? Aww. And they're like, you're on this podcast. Like, you, you know, you must be famous. And I'm like, no, I'm not really famous, but sure. So I want to give a shout out to, to my kids, uh, like uh, just like a professional athlete does at the end of a sports game. <laughs> so hi to uh, Quinn, and, Quinn and Charlie Knowles. Now you guys are on a podcast. You guys are famous too. Oh, that's so great. Best close. That's had. the best close we've had so yeah. far. Thanks so much, Ryan. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Great to catch up. Yep. Thanks, Ronnie. Cheers. What a great set of interviews, right? Man, this is probably a long podcast. A little bit. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for staying in. Thanks for sticking with us throughout the year. Um, next year, we will be back. Uh, we got renewed. Did you know that? <laughs> Season three will be back. Uh, new music's to start the show. Um, same host, I think. Uh, <laughs> hopefully <laughs> hopefully um but uh as always if you wanted to email us if you want to be a guest on the podcast um it is intelecast at emi-rs.com on twitter it's emi underscore research intelecast one my own personal twitter is adam jolly or you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 513-401-5463 brian anything you want to wrap up the year with just happy new year everybody see you in january yeah i'm excited everybody thanks so much for listening to us this year thanks for all uh, there is nothing better really I, I don't think i knew what we were getting into when yeah. we started this podcast but running into people at conferences and you know somebody saying hey i listened to the podcast hey i caught that thing you guys did with butler yeah or you know oh i loved that interview with roddy or whatever like um it's been great and you know throughout this whole thing i think like we had our north star who we wanted to be as a podcast we wanted to give people news we going to give people updates, our opinions on market research, and then just be normal dudes. And I think yep. like uh, it's been an awesome experience, and we can't wait for season three to kind of dive in a little bit more. Yeah, same. It was fun. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> no, I love it when you go to a conference and yeah. somebody you've never met before says, hey, I love to send to your podcast, and they, they feel like they know you because they probably do because oh, we're sure. so open and transparent on this thing. And it helps me as someone that is not really good at like get-to-know-you kind of conversation. Yeah. If somebody comes to me with, hey, when you said this, I – it's easy to have a conversation with somebody. So it's really cool getting feedback. It's awesome. Thanks everybody. We'll see you guys in 2020. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.